0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you can join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of
1: the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy studios on Thursday, August 30th, getting ready for the L.A. Galaxy's big game against Real Salt so, Lake coming up on Saturday. It's going to be an interesting game, maybe a must-win. We're certainly going to talk about a bunch of things regarding Galaxy and injuries and players and everything else leading up to this very, very, maybe winnable game. We're going to talk about that. But everything's starting to wind down now and as uh, we do on every show. I actually have a co-host and Wendy is live. I'd like to point that out. I did not banish her. Uh, it was just some technical difficulties keeping that from happening. So welcome back for what seems like forever, Wendy Miss Wendy Thomas. Wendy.
2: Hi, Josh. I missed you.
1: It's been it's been a long time, and I it's been my fault. I had a uh, a bad soundboard cord that wasn't working, and whenever I finally replaced that, the laptop that drives the show died. Um, so yes, all of those things that happened in between have kept you from being on the show, but you are here, and we're glad to have you back.
2: Yes, and I would like to say that there were certain people who were tweeting at Josh that they thought he was uh, uh, essentially um, falling into madness because he was doing these solo shows, but it was all because you have such strict standards when it comes to sound quality. And I was texting Josh that, um, I texted him, I think certain listeners believe you have entered an old man in the sea style battle with the LA Galaxy, which is slowly driving you to the point of madness a la Hemingway's protagonist. Yes. I, of course, prefer to think of you as a Captain Ahab style obsessive figure whose white whale is perfect, mellifluous sound quality, because there is nothing that this podcast has done to Josh if it has not turned him into a strict adherent. To
1: sound quality standards. Oh, I, I am a sound Nazi whenever it comes to that thing. I I, am, I will not. And you know what? <laughs> it all stems. I will tell you this. Nine years. No, ten, ten seasons ago. Ten seasons ago when we started this show, we uh-huh. did our first show, Wendy. And the sound quality was horrible. And I promised myself it would never, ever be that way again. And so far... Um, outside of the shows that we've dumped whenever we've found technical difficulties, whenever that's actually happened, we have not had a show that has had horrible sound quality. Sometimes, telephones cut out whenever people will be calling in. Sometimes Skype drops out, and we do our best. But absolutely, I'm telling you right now that if I have anything in my control that I can do, uh, that sound quality is, is almost number one. It's above content for me, because if it sounds bad, you're not even going to listen to the content, right?
2: Even if it is Josh muttering to himself that's in right. a white cell that's somewhere. Right. It the sound will be clear, people. Could
1: we sell ads to that? If we could sell ads <laughs> to that, I'm I'm in. That sounds like a good plan. So yes, a uh, white
2: padded cell.
1: Yeah, that, I think that would be good. Seeing 24/7, Josh and a white padded cell. That might <laughs> you might see how crazy it is when I go through charts or whenever I yell at MLS <laughs> websites because I, I constantly constantly scream at MLS at the MLS website whenever it doesn't let you sort a table by a certain thing and then I have to cut it and paste it and put it into an Excel spreadsheet and then I have to sort that table and then I have to oh my MLS. Oh,
2: Josh we all love you
1: yeah well well thank you thank you I, I love <laughs> I love me too uh, but I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we have a bunch to get to today. It's gonna be a busy show. Uh, the LA Galaxy, as we said, getting ready to play Real Salt Lake, but a bunch of news in between this and just little random things that have popped up here and there. And, uh, the first thing I have to start with really is, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and the reliance of the LA Galaxy on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And, and Wendy, you and I, and, and possibly everybody else have probably talked about how the LA Galaxy, uh, don't, I, well, my argument is they don't rely on Zlatan too much. You can't actually rely on on a player that scores 15 or 16 goals in a season and has seven or eight assists you can't rely on that person too much because they're um, they're actually producing for you so it's not a reliance on somebody it's just using the tools that you have but I will say this that perhaps off the field the LA Galaxy relying on Zlatan too much uh, I don't know if you saw it but uh, Zlatan (laughs) was sending out emails Wendy uh, he's make- I
2: did. My friend Leslie sent it to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's been uh, he's been making phone calls as we've been seeing. So he's been working the phones. He's been sending emails. Uh, it's gone viral. Almost everybody's picked it up around the world. Actually, for this uh, Zlatan email and Leslie, of course, a friend of the show from way back. Uh, Leslie uh, got her tweet out there, and I, I thought it was funny that, and humorous that uh, that people were complaining to Leslie that they didn't uh, block her email out enough, and then she was posting all the emails that she was getting uh, from random dudes or bros. <laughs> Let's call them bros because I don't bros. think a dude would just email. It's a bro. A bro would email Leslie and be like, hey, just so you know, your email wasn't blocked out, so I sent you an email to tell you that your email is uh-huh. not blocked out. So yes, uh, but what do you think of that? What do you think of the whole thing? You think it's-, I think
2: it's hilarious. I think it's a genius marketing ploy. That's what I think. Yeah, I there's some I know that I complain a lot about the Galaxy F.O. I actually think there's a lot of things the Galaxy do really, really well. If you just if you just carve out the F.O. And you look at but you look at the other distinct components of the L.A. Galaxy, the Galaxy have done a lot of really good marketing, like in terms of which doesn't it's not exactly shocking since we're in Los Angeles. It's like a media capital of the world. So it makes sense that there's people who know how to market and advertise and who understand things like branding and, you know, how to conceptualize about what is the brand of this team. And like, for example, when Zlatan was first initially announced, you know, they did that promo of him with the Lion in Manchester. That was, I thought that was really clever. And obviously the LA Times full page spread layout where he said, Los Angeles, you're welcome. I mean, it's so perfect. It's so, it's so Zlatan. It makes so much sense. So of course he sends out this promo saying, you will, <laughs> you will renew you will
1: renew you and people and people have and people have been doing yeah.
2: no well, I, I, I mean i guess i have to right
1: yeah, yeah i mean it's one of those it's one of those things if your season tickets obviously up for renewal now um they're doing it uh, probably before the LA Galaxy can eliminate themselves from playoff contention which is always smart uh they're also doing it before uh before this time so that way they can make sure that if they do get to the playoffs that your playoff tickets are included in your in your renewals and all that fun stuff as well so the LA Galaxy uh, getting Zlatan on the phones getting them emails i think it's great I like it. It's fun, and you know what? He actually enjoys it. You can you can see. I know people, and this is you see it. You see the Euro snobs go over. Oh, now they got Zlatan like making phone calls. This is this is a joke league and a joke team. It's like no, no, no. Oh boy.
2: Hey, yeah.
1: First of all, I don't. I don't. Really Europeans, have to you
2: have no sense of humor. Okay, just that's the, what you actually think. You have no sense of humor.
1: Wouldn't you like that? They're just mad because they don't get a call from Zlatan. Is really what it is. I mean, he's not I calling have, everybody. No,
2: No, no, no. Here's the thing: is that the European sensibility that is. Their approach towards this sport is fundamentally different from Americans. They fundamentally see it in a different way, and they see it in such a way that they essentially strip it of all humor and fun. It's supposed to be some dramatic exercise and artistic expression, and you're not supposed to laugh and you're not supposed to have a good time you're not supposed to bring your kids to it you know what in the United States we really just do it differently it's a sport we have fun we're supposed to laugh it's, you're supposed to enjoy it it's okay
1: yeah it's it's okay to laugh Soccer's supposed to be fun I try it's to, supposed to be fun uh, I know nobody had any fun last year all right no, I had a, that,
2: was, that was a dire experience
1: I had a great time doing the podcast I don't know I always have fun like doing podcast stuff but I mean you know
2: I was really glad I got to do the podcast because I wanted to vent But like, for example, when you were issuing all these charts earlier in the year saying, well, are they better? Are they a better team this year? Listen, this year's team is so much more entertaining than last year's team. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if we're going to make the playoffs and I don't know if We're actually technically, like, a really good team, but I am entertained. (laughs) I am entertained.
1: Well, the LA Galaxy currently through 27 games are 11 points different than they were at this point last year. Um, So, I I mean, listen, your eyes told you this team was better than last year's, and this team is remarkably better than last year's team. It's not even close, so stop the argument that they didn't get any better. It's boring, and...
2: I I think the valid question is this. Absent... Zlatan, would it be substantially better?
1: I think it would still be pretty a lot better. I think it would be clear to us. I mean, even in the offseason, we looked at what they had done and said this is a better team. Having Ola Kamara bringing him in and how the team would have functioned in a 4-5-1, I mean... Listen, Siggy Schmidt has said it. We've said it many times on the podcast. Getting Zlatan through a wrench in this front office plan for the revamp that they had. They had set up this team in a 4-5-1. Now, basically, they're playing in a 3-5-2. That's how they've been playing for a while. And you know what? It works. It doesn't work perfectly. The Galaxy have some holes. There's still some problems there, Wendy. But... Overall, the three-five-two works, but it took a while to figure out that one, the three-five-two would work, and two, to get people in there in the proper positions in the proper spaces in order to make that three-five-two work. And I would imagine they probably lost mm, seven or eight or ten games to this trying to figure out the three-five-two when Zlatan came in. Um, now, yeah. now that being said, he won some of those games for them. So it's been, you know, you didn't lose 10 games in terms of uh, just the L's, but you lost some points because there was unfamiliarity going into this season. They started the game, remember they started the year with a win over Portland without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, I think he came in three or four games into the season and uh, and things kind of course, got a little topsy-turvy, and there was some backsliding and some things they needed to do. So, I mean, there's an argument that, one, the Galaxy aren't as good without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Duh, he has 16 goals. Uh, and he has seven assists? Yeah, seven assists. Um, so he has most of your offense most of the time. Um, but there's also the argument that if Zlatan doesn't come in, the LA Galaxy in the 4-5-1 four, five, four, five, that they were built for probably do pretty good as well. Although and I I keep talking, and I'm sorry, but there's the other part of this is that the designated players haven't played this year, and it wouldn't have mattered if Zlatan was here or not. The fact that he was here probably saved them from being worse. So I don't know. Have I waffled back and forth on that question enough?
2: I think that the team would have been far worse without Zlatan. That being said, obviously, you know, yes, it did disrupt Ziggy's plans. However, what I would say is that given the injury to Felcher, his plan probably would, he would not have been able to implement in the way that he conceived, given that there was this injury. I, I actually have to think to myself, because I when I was watching the game against LAFC, I was thinking the defensive line looked competent. I mean, they, <laughs> that's, they,
1: that's like the I mean, nicest hold, thing I anybody mean, said about the defense in forever, that they were competent. <laughs> that is
2: hold like the phone. The LA Galaxy defense looked OK. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked. Because it was Felcher, Romney, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Shelvick. I, Shelvick, yeah. Uh-huh. See, Christian has this in my head. He's been calling Shelvick Schmelmick
0: uh-huh.
2: all year. Yes. So now when I see him, I just think Schmelmick. But it is is—it's Shelvick. And the three of them, and honestly, I thought they looked pretty good. But I mean, you know, not great, not stellar. But Shelvick, actually, if you put a, you put a couple of competent defenders near him, he actually, you know, he looks pretty
1: good. Oh, oh, wait, so what Josh has been saying for most <laughs> of the year. Now, granted, I'm not even ready to judge, I, I agree with you, but I'm not ready to jump on that bandwagon that he is No, no, no. That he is I know what this could
2: all go, it go could, away immediately, but like, just even seeing the Galaxy, like, defend in yes. a traditional, I was like, mine, my mind's blown. Well,
1: the crazy thing really here is that the Galaxy, you know, have five defenders, and Chris Pontius is one of them right now. I mean, that's sort of where you have to look at this, and Chris Pontius, as Siggy Schmidt said, in his post-game comments, uh, Chris Pontius was getting forward or get was wasn't getting as forward as Ashley Cole was. So Ashley Cole was actually getting forward more on the left hand side than Chris Pontius was, and they were pinning Chris back on the right hand side. So that was something maybe he wanted to fix. But the thing is that even with all these and and we argued and rightly so we were we were correct. But whenever I said that Rolf Felcher was going to come back without a position. Um, he was going to come back without a position because Siani was in there, but Siani got injured at just the right point to where Raul Felcher coming back and playing in a three-man center back you know, line is is going to be okay, and Felcher can play. And you saw him be physical, and that's really what it was in this game. was It was the physical side of things. It was that physical mentality. It was the bruising mentality. It was a we're-not-going-to-take-this-crap mentality, which you haven't seen from an LA Galaxy defense in uh,
0: uh, forever.
2: Yeah, no, I thought it was actually really interesting when you compare even just visually the two teams, LA Galaxy versus LAFC. It was so apparent that the LA Galaxy front office had explicitly gone for players or somehow wound up retaining players who were large, physical, such that they could be very combative. I mean, Perry Kitchen is basically a street thug, let's be real. I mean, he's he basically I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. The part of me, the inner brawler in me that likes to fight it out in court, I look at Perry Kitchen. Perry Kitchen, I love it. You go ahead. He flat out just, like, pushes people on all the, the soccer team. I yeah. mean, all the time. I mean, I, there's a part of me, I love it, but, boy, is that risky. As a, as compared to um, LAFC, who are quite clearly – small and technical yeah you know the you know bob Bradley went for small technical fast players that's what exactly what he built his team around the la galaxy have a lot of large physical players who are not fast but who do have you know technical strengths but i mean clearly the there was a there was a even just a visual difference when you looked at the team on the field that was striking.
1: Yeah, maybe that transfers over to Real Salt Lake, who is also a smaller technical side. So Galaxy may have something. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Let's go over a little bit more uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic being we were talking about him. Let's talk about him a little bit more and the trouble that he got into. Oh, naughty, naughty Zlatan <laughs> getting in trouble. You remember, uh, Wendy, earlier in the year that he uh, he slapped somebody uh, and uh, and ended up getting suspended. Um, we all saw that. was that in the Minnesota game. Whenever Minnesota was visiting, I can't remember when that was. It was. It I feels my, like forever ago. My favorite,
2: ago. my favorite moment of the entire year is when he told Carlos Vela that he had a small penis. Yes, that was my that 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 might be. Oh, obviously the first LAFC game is my favorite game of the year. But I'm trying to think between Zlatan's like 60-yard goal and him kicking the ball at him, saying that he has a small penis. Which one do I prefer?
1: Yeah, I think uh,
2: goal. I guess. I yeah,
1: guess the- it's 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 you know it's really it's it's neck and neck. But no, so Zlatan also getting in trouble in the second LAFC game. Uh, the MLS disciplinary committee came down hard on Zlatan, or at least he. He slapped, it, slapped their hand a, a little bit. Uh, the MLS Disciplinary Committee has found LA Galaxy forwards Zlatan Ibrahimovic in violation of the league's policy regarding hands to the face. Um and Ibrahimovic has been issued an undisclosed fine for his actions in the 18th minute of the Galaxy's match against LAFC. On August 24th, the incident involved LAFC midfielder Lee Wynn and happened after the tackle on Rolf Felcher. Remember, uh, Rolf Felcher tackled uh, Diego Rossi coming down the the right-hand side of the Galaxy defense, and it was late, and it was nasty, and it was borderline red card in my opinion, but I love the fact it was a yellow card, and Jair Marufo got it exactly right that it was a yellow card, and then there was some pushing and shoving and blah, 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 all this other stuff. Stuff. And Zlatan did not slap Lee Wynn. All right. There was no motion for slap here. He simply cushioned the cheek, Wendy. He sl- he put his hand, which was about two times the size of Lee Wynn's head, and he put it next to his cheek and he just rubbed him a little bit. And that was it. And quite honestly, Lee Wynn should be thanking him for being blessed <laughs> so nicely. Zlatan,
2: Zlatan might have gotten a little bit lucky.
1: Uh, he did get lucky because um, <laughs> I think here here's the deal is that. VAR has been very has been used to take a situation like that many times and and eject a player. Uh, hands to the face even jokingly got, I think, uh, a player, uh, I think it was an Orlando, got an Orlando player um, suspended. Just jokingly putting hands to the face with one of his buddies who was on the other team. Like, they knew each other, they're laughing and the whole deal, and they're like, yeah, you're gone. You can't do that. And so the fact that Zlatan even put his hands anywhere near it, and granted, Lee Win comes up to a, just above Zlatan's belt buckle, so even if you do like Zlatan puts his hands down on the side, his hands are almost in Lee Win's face. So even if you get all that, you just you can't do it. And Zlatan needs to be smarter than that because the discipl- disciplinary committee has been fining players, and in fact, in this particular uh, discourse that they put out on in this week, Wendy, they talk about um, two other players I think that also had hands to the face and got fines. Yeah, um, so it's, I mean, he it's borderline. could
2: have gotten a red card. So, or he could have gotten suspended afterwards.
1: Yeah, um, so like, so, I
2: mean, he got a little bit lucky. He but. D-
1: he did, and it's something to watch. Listen, there's going to be some emotional games. He's an emotional guy. We know this from everything we've seen prior to him. Do you and think also, it's him.
2: really emotion, or do you think it's just he sort of like he sort of owns the field and and he. Any player who dares to challenge him is—he's going to essentially derogate him by treating him how he deems fit. I, I mean, mean, is it really like an emotional reaction, or is it more like, no, I am Zlatan. I, I think,
1: I think if you can say that arrogance is an emotion in his particular, <laughs> in his particular realm, because it feels like it is whenever you talk yeah. to him, and I like that about him. That's one of the things that makes him good.
2: Oh, Um, yeah. No, I mean, I I love his arrogance, but I mean, I just think I don't know if it's emotion. I don't get the sense that he's angered or out of control. He seems to me like to be a very um, self-possessed player. He doesn't seem out of control. There's sometimes when you see players who lose it, the red mist, as they say, the red mist. I don't, he's not a red mist kind of guy.
1: No, he, I don't think he... I don't know. Because, you know, whenever he slapped the player, that was a red mist. That was, a, I'm angry, hey, I'm going to slap you. And then it was like, ah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And then both players fall down, and it was cute. Um, so, like, all, all that stuff... I, I just... He is calculating, but I do think that he, in trying to be so dominating and trying to be so um, overpowering to his opponents, can go over the line pretty easily. And he's such a large figure in every way, in his personality in his height, in his in his demeanor, everything about him is l- larger than life. That everything he does seems like it's magnified a hundred times as well. So if he trips you know or if he tries to get a dive a smaller player who doesn't fall as far um, doesn't get the yellow card but Zlatan because whenever he dives he falls like 30 feet because he's so tall you know it's one of those that you're going to see everything magnified and I think he needs to be careful of that because let's face it there are referees in this league who think that they're big and tough and want to show Zlatan Ibrahimovic that they're the boss and you know and so he this is this is important seven games remaining the Galaxy need him for all seven games and they may even need him in Minnesota uh, which is going to be interesting to see if he oh, goes if the galaxy on the bubble that's I don't even know I, I don't uh, I'm glad I'm not a coach I'm glad I'm not a coach I, for don't, this. I, I don't really wanna... don't
2: want him playing I know that we might not make the playoffs I really don't want him playing in Minnesota because it's, that knee I don't that I don't is want... the,
1: that is the worst field in the league I
2: know I don't. I really don't. I don't care. Anyway, I really don't.
1: All right, Uh, let's see. I wanted to uh, to start here, and as we start talking about the playoffs, uh, one of the things that happened in on Monday's show with Kevin Baxter, I brought out 538.com's rankings of uh, where the LA Galaxy are and their chances of making the playoffs, and all this fun stuff in between. So, uh, I wanted to go over that because they have been updated since uh, Portland went and beat Toronto at home on Wednesday night. Thanks a lot, Toronto. Uh, If you're looking for the Toronto, Toronto FC to help out the Galaxy even a little bit, Wendy, that didn't happen. Uh, (laughs) 2-0 scoreline from Portland, and that jumped Portland into the playoffs. It actually knocked the LA Galaxy into seventh place, which is outside the playoff position. So if the the league ended right now, Wendy, the LA Galaxy would be out of the playoffs. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked about on Monday the chances of the LA Galaxy being 31%. Uh, I will tell you that right now with Portland's win, the LA Galaxy's chances of making the playoffs, according to 538.com, is 28%. So it fell there, but the more important thing here is that you have to look at the Western conference and how it's starting to shape up. Wendy, we have uh, really, there's eight teams that are in contention here. There are only eight teams in contention. The other three teams, Minnesota, Houston, excuse me, other four teams, uh, Minnesota. I can't, <laughs> you count. forgot
2: about San Jose.
1: They were so far down there. I almost missed so them. You didn't they
2: were, even see them. They, Where dis- are they?
1: they disappeared. Um, yeah, I was going to say, can should the wooden spoon start being shipped that direction? Cause <laughs> I could start getting it ready for packing. Um, <laughs> So anyway, if you look, there are four teams that are out of it. San Jose is out of it. Colorado is out of it. Houston's out of it, and Minnesota is out of it. And 538.com's predictions show that those guys are out of it. They're not. They're not making a comeback anytime soon. So you can cross four teams out, which means then Wendy, there are eight teams in the twelve-team conference. Eight teams that are vying for playoff positions, but some of those teams basically already have things locked up and so having said that I wanted to take a look at this and see how many spots the LA Galaxy are really fighting for and and where they're at with some of this stuff Um, we talk about at the very top of the Western Conference FC Dallas Uh, there's actually two teams at the top FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City they're separated by less than a point Um, if you look at their standings right now in terms of their playoff probability it's 99% actually it's greater than 99% that both of those teams are going to the playoffs which makes sense nobody's going to argue that okay Uh, You drop down, LAFC is in third place. They have a 96% chance of making the playoffs. They're not going anywhere either. They're pretty locked in. It seems like they're going to be able to cruise into the playoffs as well. Uh, The remaining teams, Real Salt Lake, Portland Timbers, Seattle Sounders, Vancouver Whitecaps, and the LA Galaxy. Um, The Portland Timbers, Wendy, have have apparently decided not to play any games ever. For the most time. And at one point, I think the Galaxy, they had four games in hand over the Galaxy. Uh, That is now down to two games uh, in hand over the LA Galaxy. Uh, They're at 25 games along with the Seattle Sounders, who are also at 25 games played. Portland Timbers right now seem like a pretty good lock to make the playoffs. In fact, uh, 538 has them at 86% chance of making the playoffs. You know who's above them in making the playoff chances? Seattle yeah, Seattle, who is in sixth place right now, uh, has an eighty seven percent chance of making the playoffs in the Western Conference. Here's the problem, Wendy. You look at all these things and all the probabilities, and those are all very high probabilities of the of of making the playoffs. And if you look with the games in hand, they should be unless they're sliding, and Seattle is on a, I think seven game uh, winning streak right now. um and Portland just snapped a two game to come two game losing streak to come into a uh, a win over. Toronto, you're seeing teams that are playing well. FC Dallas stumbled against San Jose, I think, for the second time this year. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is playing okay. LAFC is playing okay, not great. Uh, Portland is playing good, and I think they're going to continue to play good. And Seattle's playing really good. So we're talking now. If you're gonna, if you're in agreement with me, Wendy, that Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, Portland, and probably Seattle are all locks for the Western Conference playoffs, you're talking about one spot that's up for three teams. Four teams. Four, well, three teams. It's 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 really just Real Salt Lake, the LA Galaxy, the Vancouver Whitecaps. That's it so i mean you're, you're those are the only ones you're locking dallas you're locking kansas city you're locking lafc and you're locking portland in uh you're also going to probably lock seattle in whenever you look at what their schedule is now granted the la galaxy will get a chance to play seattle and that could hurt their playoff chances but you're still talking about 86 percent chance for them to make the playoffs
2: yeah it is a narrow window
1: it, and it's so get, i mean it's it, yeah smaller. i mean
2: it's uh the odds are against the la galaxy making the playoffs
1: they're, oh, they're definitely against, I mean, if you look at, uh, let's see, the LA Galaxy are, are tied with Vancouver, basically, at 28% chance of both making the playoffs. Real Salt Lake has a 76% chance of making the playoffs. Now, here's the cool thing, and we're going to talk about this more, that if the LA Galaxy get a win against Real Salt Lake in RSL, that could drastically shift the probability of Real Salt Lake suddenly deciding that they're going to get in. Because RSL, unlike some of the other teams, Wendy, has 27 games played, the same as the LA Galaxy. So at least right now, the LA Galaxy are on even terms in, ter- in terms of games played, but and they're only three points behind. So if they could take a win... At RSL, that, of course, would move them tied with RSL. And with the minus two goal differential RSL currently has, the LA Galaxy would actually jump over them in terms of standing. So a win against RSL could very well knock RSL out of the playoffs and vault the LA Galaxy into those spots as well.
2: Well, it wouldn't knock them out of the playoffs, but it, no. it is the the RSL game is looking more and more like a must-win game for the LA Galaxy. I yeah. mean, if we don't win against RSL, our, our, our odds of making the playoffs drop precipitously.
1: Yeah, I, I, I we're going to talk cuz we have a we have a bunch of we have an email and listen the the whole talk about everything in training this week was all about is this a must win? Um, you know, mathematically it's not and the galaxy really need like But it
2: kind of is. But
1: it kind of is. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, it, it it's kind one of those of things. Is. So uh, it, it's certainly interesting. I think that the the stats that are coming out on FiveThirtyEight.com are just ridiculously interesting, and and I love watching them change, uh, to see how teams win and how that how that affects the rest of the teams and and all those other things. So it's it certainly is interesting. And we got a uh, an email from uh, David and Sherman Oaks, and let's read that right now. He says, uh, hi, Josh, and Corner of the Galaxy crew. Uh, the Galaxy must win if we accept the premise that at this point in the M- season, MLS teams are what they are, which I love, by the way. That was a great – there was a stat out there that basically said that at this point, 75% of the MLS teams are exactly what you thought they were, um, <laughs> which, which is kind of fun. Like, that's a fun stat, too. Um, and which also means that there's going to be a huge swing – on some other side too, which is accounting for Seattle and their run right now, which is, which is happening. So, so you see that is incorporated in that. But anyway, he says, uh, if MLS teams are what they are, the galaxy won't catch Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, or LAFC. Same is probably true of Seattle and Portland. So five of the six playoff slots are, t- are taken. It's like he knew the show I was writing whenever he, <laughs> he sent this email in. Uh, the team that is within striking distance for sixth and final slot is Real Salt Lake. Saturday isn't a must-win mathematically, but the Galaxy must win. Sure, Portland could slide slide not slime, although I'm sure they could slime too, slide, but the first thing's first. The Galaxy has to leapfrog RSL. A draw puts the Galaxy four points behind RSL, and a loss puts them six points back. You rarely get a chance at a six-point swing against the one team you need to catch. The Galaxy have that opportunity this Saturday. The Galaxy must win. Uh, it's a must win for another reason. This game is winnable. The Galaxy aren't going to go aren't going to win every remaining game, but the ones they expect to win, they should win. If Slaton is demanding we renew our season tickets, the Galaxy have to take care of their end of the bargain. This Saturday they must win David and Sherman Oaks. Um, a draw would still keep them three points behind. By the way, because they're only three points behind now, so it's just that's the only correction in there. But he, he, listen, he's not wrong. And we talk about six point games. I, does everybody understand what six point games mean? I'm sure they do. I don't want to be condescending to people, but sometimes I
2: mean it's yeah, you can go ahead and give it two. Two sentence. Two sen- yeah, yeah. So
1: game. basically, if you get three points for a win and your opponent loses three points, then the I guess the absolute value of that would be six points, which is why they call it a six point game. It's or a six point swing. You're taking three points from an opponent and you're getting those three points. Granted, it's really only three points in the grand scheme of things, but it's called a six point game because of that reason. Uh, and
2: it's all, I mean, usually it comes up in the context of something where it's a you know a pivotal game like a relegation battle or you're trying to. If it's the EPL, they're trying to get into a Champions League position or an MLS, you're trying to get into a playoff position. And so it's when exactly a situation like this, there's one team above the line, one team below the line, a six point swing can reverse positions of the teams.
1: Yep, absolutely. It's it's good. And by the way, the chat room is reminding me that we play uh, we now play we now give each other Audi Index points uh, for things that we say um, and you can make those <laughs> points as little or as many as possible and negative points do count because we're going to treat it as real as the real Audi Index points, which is completely fabricated and real at up. all? Yeah, exactly. So, I would like to award you 1,500 Audi execs <laughs> points for your introduction earlier with the old man in the sea and uh, and Captain Ahab and, and, and Moby Dick. That is very good, but I'm also going to take back 4- 1,499 for using some words I didn't understand. So.
2: Oh, okay. Well, in that case, since targeted allocation money yes. and regular allocation money yes. is what I like to call Garber bucks, yes. I am going to pay you uh-huh. 45 Garber bucks. Yes. For getting a new laptop so that yes. I can be on the podcast.
1: Yay! That, that, <laughs> that'll that spend just as real as targeted allocation money, it means it's fabricated and made up. All right, good. Uh, so anyway, so that's where we go in all this stuff. So a six-point swing. Uh, David, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm not going to argue. I, I don't love must-win. I like to say must-win all the time, but they were like must-win games back in, you know— March that I felt were must win games just to get the ga- the galaxy going, but I'm I'm the weird one in this case, not you. So you're you're good. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to do before we get to injuries and be cut, before we get to really try to uh, break down this RSL game is I wanted to and there's been a lot of talk Wendy about how the LA Galaxy front office did this year in terms of bringing in players hitting and missing and and all that stuff. And so I thought it would be fun if we go over the roster of the players who they brought in and talk about the ones where they either did uh, where we think that they hit or if they missed and there's, and there's there's no in between. Okay. So I'll give, I'll give you a player and then you have to tell me if they hit or miss and you can't, again, there's no in between you either hit No, no, no.
2: Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. I'm a lawyer. There is a condition, which Uh, is this. Oh, okay. The LA Galaxy front office gets zero credit for bringing in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. In his autobiography, he wrote that he dreamed of coming to the most successful team in MLS because he wanted to be successful in this country. He had a vision of himself coming to America, bringing the sport here. You know, his favorite athlete of all time is Muhammad Ali. He's always found appeal in American culture. He decided... Before Chris Klein was ever hired by the LA Galaxy, he decided to come here. He invited himself. We didn't invite him. Uh, he said, I'm going to the LA Galaxy. The LA Galaxy are not even a part of this decision.
1: I, I will say this, that he didn't come before, and they tried to get him. And so, if you if you blame them for not getting him the first time, can you not give them credit for the, them wrapping up the deal and actually listen? Them getting him for 1.5 million dollars is not a that small part. Task. That
2: part is impressive. That That's, part's totally impressive. But I I think it's all Zlatan. I think it's a 100% Zlatan decision. Zlatan right. said to himself, "This is where I'm going. They can. They don't even have a choice. They're they're taking me. I yeah. mean, as you said, Ziggy had did not have this in his plans. Nowhere in Ziggy's plans was Zlatan Ibrahimovic this year. Zlatan said to himself i'm going to la galaxy there i'm getting on a plane i'm going there they're gonna they're going to have me mike, and, and that was and it happened
1: mike so mike once
2: again zlatan brings to fruition zlatan manifests his i mean if you want to talk about someone who should be like an oprah guru and be on like super soul sunday zlatan should be on super soul sunday because let me tell you zlatan manifest what zlatan wants it, it, he just brings to fruition everything that happens in his life he is uh he he's actualized
1: yeah, it, it seems that. Oh, Mike Gray in the chat room, uh, LA Galaxy Confidential Mike Gray, says, Yeah, it's not like the dude was thinking about heading to Sporting Kansas City and the Galaxy outmaneuvered anybody. <laughs> we don't know that. Maybe he was pumped about the barbecue, Mike. You you don't know that. We'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, anyway, so let's go through it. Um, being Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been left out of this particular conversation. I will say that Zlatan hit on Zlatan. How about that?
2: Zlat- that- Zlatan hit on Zlatan. Zlatan okay. did a great job with Zlatan.
1: Uh, hit or miss Jorgen Shelvick. Mm.
2: I'll say I'll say you see I can't I can't add conditions or caveat
1: no hit or miss they either got it right or they got it wrong uh hit uh I agree with that and the chat room's going to go ballistic whenever they hear that. At a million dollars, I agree that they hit on Jorgen Shelvick.
2: But see, that's the thing that I would say is that hes they're, they're overpaying him. But yeah, I mean,
1: but okay, well, like anything in Major League Soccer, Wendy, it's not just a condition of the player. It is a condition of the terms of getting that player. I mean, you could get Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but if he costs you $200 million, then you're probably overpaid because he's not going to play on turf. Uh, I know. You know so, z- but I
2: mean, Shelvick is the only competent. Ashley Cole is the best defender, but he hasn't done a lot of defending because he's essentially playing as a win back right now. Right. But Scheldic is our best actual defender. <laughs>
1: actual defender. I love the terms we give the de- defense <laughs> this cool. year. We like, have
2: some non-defending defenders. That
1: is absolutely. There's truth to that. I'm not going to say you're, <laughs> you're wrong. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go the. Uh, let's go with Ola Kamara. Hit or miss. Hit. Hit. Easy one. Uh, Michael Ciani. Hit or miss. 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 Perry Kitchen. Hit or miss. Mm. Hit. Yeah, I'm gonna lean that way. He has been certainly testing some of my nice things that I've said <laughs> about him in the past. Um, the penalty kick on Vella. He made some good defensive he's, plays yeah, in that. He's, but
2: I mean, he's a mixed bag. But he's also less expensive. He's four hundred seventy-five thousand
1: 400, dollars.
2: Okay, okay, but you want to talk about over? I mean, we all know there's players in the team that are way more overpriced and overpaid than him.
1: Yeah, you should see the chat room is like miss, 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 miss. It's like playing Battleship.
2: You I get, mean, is Gio going to be mentioned? I guess he's not. A, he's, he's, he's not can, a he new player. He was this year. Right, yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, he's you, not
1: in I this particular you. one. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. David Bingham, hit or miss. Ugh. These ones hit. are tough. Hit, Miss? I hit. guess. <sighs> that,
2: that's a tough one.
1: That is, I, I am one who defends him constantly, so I, know, I feel he, like I'll I can't... Say
2: I'll say hit. I think he's competent.
1: I, he's, he's average. He's, he's an average he's, he's goalkeeper. A, he's a
2: pretty... He's okay. And I, I hate that. Actually, his mother sits directly behind me.
1: Oh, so you can't yell... That, the, yeah. No, I
2: mean, literally, we cannot... If, if Bingham makes a mistake, the only thing is, ah, oh, too bad. He'll get it next time. Literally, his mother is in one row behind me, behind my seat.
1: Yeah. Uh, what, can I
2: I can't. what can I do? No, but yeah, okay, uh, I'll say a hit. His uh, mother will beat me up otherwise. Uh,
1: well, I, I would say without the threat of violence, I would probably say that they did okay. So in this particular case, it's a hit on him. Uh-huh. Rolf Felcher, hit or miss? Interesting. Yeah.
2: Interesting. <laughs>
1: I, you know, oh. Wendy. Whenever but, I was looking at doing this, I was like, "Oh, this would be quick and easy. These are these are obvious." And I just, and every time I look at them, I'm like, "Hmm." Rob Felcher.
2: has been injured. Mm-hmm. If he had played all season, I think that he would have been a hit.
1: Two hundred and seventy thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, I know, but like he's been injured the entire time. Then call it a call it a miss. I mean, but I think that he would. I think he will be good. How old is he? I think he will be good. Uh,
1: I don't have him in my thing. I but have. I have now, the ages on he, another show. I have to, she, because of
2: the injury, I have to say miss. But I don't think it's because he it lacks potential. Okay. He's been injured. Yeah. So I, just,
1: I think that him coming back in the spot that he has will end up being a hit for the galaxy. I I think he's a hit. I think the 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 injury was freak in in nature. Um, and I don't blame that. It's not like he had a history of torn pectoral muscles, and it suddenly yeah. He,
2: what what on earth was he doing? That he, he tore fell. his pec. He, he, he fell. must have been benching huge no. weights because the dude crushes. You can see his. He's one of those guys who puts himself on Instagram and like in his physique and everything. You know he was just bench pressing some huge weight. He shouldn't have been bench pressing. He, see,
1: that's the thing. It wasn't. It was a freak. He fell and he landed on a soccer ball. That's how he tore. That's how he tore his muscle. It's it's ridiculously stupid. That's
2: the weirdest thing I've ever heard.
1: I don't. It sounds like one of those things that you make up whenever you do something more stupid it's like well yeah i mean i just fell and landed on a soccer ball but really i was skateboarding and down the stairs and i fell uh chris pontius is a hit i don't need hit. to say that was easy party
2: boy uh-huh. party boys have he's having a great year
1: he's he's have he's worth every penny the galaxy you're paying him right now at 175 thousand dollars uh tomas Hil- hilliard arce i
2: don't know how can we know
1: it's a miss if he I mean, if, if he, he's not he good enough to play p- if he's what not good he? enough to play then he's not a hit. I mean, you can't. okay, I'll
2: say miss. I guess. I mean, I don't. He's probably he's barely getting paid anything, probably. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, one hundred and
1: thirteen thousand dollars. Uh, okay, Bra- I guess he's a miss. Brian Silvestri, who is the backup goalkeeper. Who? Yeah, I have no idea. Miss.
2: I have no idea. Okay, servo-
1: so here's a good one. Servando Carrasco at ah. at sixty seven
2: thousand
1: five hundred dollars.
2: Is that really what he costs? Yes,
1: that's what he costs. It says so right here. Wow. So now, see, doesn't that change? This is why I don't like people I saying. I know this
2: is really hard because it does. Wow, that's. I don't because I don't think he's really good. I think he's pretty. He's, sort of.
1: He's average. Kind of,
2: he's he's like below average.
1: I would I would say he's a miss, but at sixty-seven-five, he's probably a good roster fill, and you probably want that. I'm backup. wondering
2: if shelf. Oh, shoot! Now you're really making me. Uh, I'll say.
1: You you can say whatever you want. I don't. I'll, I doubt he's oh listening.
2: God, this is really hard.
1: See, uh, see, they got I'll it right say, in the chat room. They got it right in the chat room, which is a hit say, at sixty-seven k.
2: Yeah. Okay, I'll say a hit at sixty-seven because it. Yeah. Okay, I'll say a hit.
1: Uh, yes. Shannon Williams, that they brought in, because Ooh. I have to do him because they brought no, him in. No
2: idea who he is. Miss.
1: Mi- yeah, probably a miss. Um, he's come in for a couple. Uh, Emra Clementa was a miss, being they got rid of miss. him. Miss. Uh, I think that's it. I think it's all the players that they brought in. I mean, there's more hits than misses here, is sort of what I was trying to go. I mean, if you want to throw Giovanni Dos Santos in there, miss. Yeah, you
2: know, I know. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that what about the players who they kept who they shouldn't have kept? What about that? I mean, if we put those players on the block, then. Uh, I think they'd all be misses. Like, Daniel Stairs, terrible. He should go. Giovanni DeSantis, Santos, what were we thinking? Giving a five-year contract to a player who has, a, you know, a history of not working hard, who's never worked out on any team. What were we thinking? He should go. I but, mean, I mean, I mean Joel- this is, like, you know, one of these things where, you know, there's players who are probably – you know, we're just waiting for their contract to expire.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, Joel Pedro would be another miss if you wanted to say, oh, yeah. you know, like Huge how that hits. one is. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, I would consider a miss um, because miss. he didn't fill a spot and he's expensive at $2 million a year. Roman Alessandrini is a hit. But, I mean, you're talking about guys that came in last year, so that wasn't really the the whole idea. So, yeah,
2: last year was a real dog of a year. I mean, in term, not just in terms of performance, but, yeah, our acquisitions other than Alessandrini. What did we do that was good? Mm, Not, right yeah
1: right. i don't i don't i'd have to go back and look and see what alice and
2: Drini is it like basically that's
1: it that's if it makes you feel good that's what it is uh let's see so anyway that was our hits and miss game that was fun i enjoyed that um I, all I wanna... right so
2: overall actually then i think that whoever did whoever we did a better job this year in player in terms of player acquisitions but we still way overpaid for Perfect. our defenders yeah i and mean yeah.
1: It, yeah. It, it's I'll tell you right now that there are certain members of this coaching staff that push back very hard whenever you say the Galaxy have the most expensive defense uh, saying that the numbers that we're using aren't correct. And uh, to all that, I would say, great, then give us the correct numbers. And we will, <laughs> right. of course, do that. And then we'll look at it. But right now we have to go off the numbers that are given to us, which we are told aren't that far off that are pretty close. And so you could see that, you know, it looks like, okay, that makes some sense, you know, in this particular case. And, and you know, the, the big push point there is that Rolf, uh, Rolf Felcher, not Rolf Feltzer, Jorgen um is the highest paid defender in Major League Soccer. Somebody's saying that he's not and there's actually other people, which could be true if you factor in like transfer fees and other things that you can't see on the MLS players union. It could be true. but you, We don't have those numbers. They don't give them to us. So, you know, hey, chill, everybody chill. Give me the right numbers. Then we don't have to worry about this stuff. All right. Uh, that
2: that's really that was a very interesting exercise because it really makes you think about player value. You know, what's the value proposition? Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, because yeah, that's a, like thinking about Kitchen at four hundred, and Servando Carrasco at sixty-seven-five, and you know who's a real good value probably is Dave Romney.
1: Oh, Dave. We we'd
2: probably we probably pay him nothing, and he's great. Seventy.
1: For under seventy five oh, thousand dollars,
2: steal. I mean, oh, Dave Romney, you bless your heart.
1: And he can play any position. He's a guy who's not necessarily. Although, if he plays like he did against LAFC, he's a starter on any team in Major League Soccer. Uh, the physicality that he showed yeah, in that particular that was quite,
2: game. Wait, that was, was that just my eyes, or was no. he playing slightly differently? He seemed to be using his body more.
1: He is. He is a thick dude. If you ever stand up next to him, <laughs> he is not small. Like you try. If you, I would not he's run into him. I, no. I, but
2: normally, so I have not. So I know he's a big guy, physically he is a big guy, but he doesn't, um, historically I don't remember him, because probably because he's playing as a left back, but I don't, and as an outside back you're, you're not really getting physical, but I don't remember him using his body quite so physically in previous games, it seemed yep. like against LAFC he was really throwing his body around, really, you know, Pulling some uh real center back style physicality.
1: That's why you need Dave Romney on your team. He should be he should be on this he should get a raise and he should be on the bench next year. I mean he's he's the can guy you need. Cut
2: Siani and Stairs and make him a starter. I
1: am not as big a hater on stairs as you. I know and I, I'm yeah. sure I'm All sure right, I'm more maybe it's I love defenders. I play defense. Maybe I'm just softer on defenders than I should be, but I like Daniel Stairs. I think that he serves a purpose and if you give him playing time, he plays. But if you don't give him playing time and just expect him to show up, that's going to be a little more difficult. I mean, he had a huge save in the three minutes that he played against LAFC, deflecting that ball over the uh, over the crossbar. Uh, as, as big a save, I would say, as David Bingham had on Failhopper. So, I mean, there's, there's some things here that I think he... He gets everything. Anyway, uh, let's continue on and uh, and get ready here for this Real Salt Lake game. We talked about the Western Conference standings with FC Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, Real Salt Lake, Portland Timbers, Seattle Sounders, and the LA Galaxy currently in seventh. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps at eighth. Ninth is Minnesota, 10th. Houston, 11th Colorado Rapids. And way, 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 way down there on the bottom, San Jose Earthquakes uh, sitting with just 20 points, 0.77 points per game uh, for San Jose right now. Uh, the supporter shield race is currently being held by New York Red Bulls. Uh, they're sit at 55 points. Atlanta United FC is sitting at 54 points, New York city, FC 48 points, FC Dallas at 46 supporting Kansas city at 45. That's where everything sort of sits in terms of that. We talked about the schedule and we talked about it a bunch on Wendy on Wendy (laughs) on Monday, (laughs) Wendy. (laughs) There we go. I try. Uh, on Monday, we talked about it a bunch on Monday and Kevin and I sort of went through and looked at it. Wendy, um, We've been going through these, looking at these, uh, these, these. you know, what the Galaxy will do against this team and trying to figure out how many points they need and, and how it all goes down. But LA Galaxy have two away games in a row, Real Salt Lake and Toronto FC. Uh, that's Saturday and Saturday. The next time they come home is Sunday where they will host uh, Seattle Sounders. If they get a win against RSL or Toronto... Um, You know, and, and Toronto, RSL and Toronto, if they do that, coming in to play Seattle is going to be a very interesting game as well. Um, And so that'll be Sunday, September 23rd, uh, 4 p.m. kickoff time, which will be interesting. Home to Vancouver, away to Sporting Kansas City, away to Minnesota, and away to Houston. Or, excuse me, home to Houston, the very last one, October 28th. All right, injury time and injury updates. Uh, This is straight from training today. Thursday, Larry Morgan was out there, talked to Siggy Schmidt. Siggy Schmidt gave an update on all of the injuries, and there's going to be some surprise names in here. Uh, But the good news is that everybody trained. Uh, which has not been the case for a while since Rolf Felcher made an appearance back on Has everybody trained. Uh, so Roman Alessandrini, he has the knee bruise. He trained fully on Thursday. Right now, I am listing him. And by the way, uh, my my injury reports are mine and mine alone. Um, so as I give these probabilities or questionables or anything else, know that this is coming from me and from the sources that I've been able to talk to and from what I feel Siggy Schmidt will do and won't do, uh, And which is different than MLS who just puts out bad information. So this is this might be a little bit better for you. Uh, Ramon Alessandrini, knee bruise, uh, he trained fully on Thursday. He is questionable right now. I think that they are still waiting to see how he reacts. They're going to make a decision on him Friday. So as you're probably listening to this podcast, on Friday they will make a decision. We'll see whether or not he travels. So you'll be able to see that. Watch the videos the Galaxy put out, um, and that'll tell you whether or not Ramon Alessandrini will be going to RSL. Giovanni Del Santos has that quad strain, that grade 2 tra- quad strain, trained fully for the first time. Both Ramon and Alessandrini, or excuse me, both Alessandrini and Giovanni Dos Santos trained fully for the first time on Thursday, only one day of training. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos uh, is a grade one groin strain, and he has been training, so this is not new for him. He is probable. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos is questionable, by by the way. Uh, Michael Ciani with the hamstring has been training. He is probable for this game. Dave Romney, the ankle injury he picked up at the end of the LAFC game is probable for this game.
2: What ankle injury? I don't remember yeah. that. Remember,
1: that's why Daniel Starris came into the game, because they oh. got an ankle injury. Uh, the ankle injury, he's been training. He seems like he's probable as well and that he'll play. Uh, Sebastian Legette was mentioned by Siggy Schmidt today. He said that he's fine as well, and he's back training, and they're not really worried that he hadn't been training because that he had been playing the game before, and so they didn't think, we don't know what the injury is, we don't know why he was mentioned, but right now, Sebastian Legette listed as probable as well. So, it's likely you're going to get Jonathan Del Santos, Michael Ciani, Dave Romney, and Sebastian Leggett all back as probables. I think the big question mark for me right now is Ramon Alessandrini. I think Giovanni Dos Santos probably still doesn't, doesn't train, and he would be ahead of schedule if he actually came back now. They gave him three to four weeks, and this is like third week, um, so he's right on the cusp of probably coming back. I don't know if they push it or not, but Roman would be nice to get back against Real Salt Lake.
2: Oh my gosh! Would it be? Roman was actually at the game, and the Galaxy had set up this little quadrant. It was like a, it was like a meet and greet area, and Roman was wearing this cute, colorful Art Deco shirt, and he was, I guess he was doing some sort of marketing. He was doing like a meet and greet. With the local, it looks like someone who was, like, the owner of a local Mercedes-Benz dealership. Like, that's, he was, like, shaking hands and stuff, and he was looking out at the team playing in the field. I was like, oh, he wants to play.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you remember, he was— Unlike
2: Giovanni DeSantis, by the way. Who You could blow a kiss Mm -hmm. at Giovanni DeSantis, and he would go down with an injury. Uh Okay, that's— Yes, that is how that's how easily Giovanni Santos goes down.
1: Yeah, I, I think ultimately the Galaxy will try to keep everybody the same. I don't think they're going to rotate Michael Ciani in, but I think he could be available on the bench, which might be a, a better option than Daniel Starris If I think they're about the same, but I like Ciani's physicality, but maybe you want Steris's quickness against RSL, who's not an overly physical team. Uh, so that's something to look at. Uh, the other sort of bit of in- news and information that came out, Jonathan Del Santos was called in the Mexican national team um, for their friendlies coming up in this, uh, in this September break that's going to come up right after the LA Galaxy play um, against uh, Real Salt Lake. So the Galaxy don't play another game until Saturday, September 15th. It is an international break. We'll see whether or not Jonathan Del Santos ends up going to the Mexican national team. There have been no press releases from the LA Galaxy on Rolf Felcher, who also got called into the, I believe, Venezuelan national team. Um, and then you had uh, Jonathan Dos Santos um, who looks like he got called into the Mexican national team neither of those press releases have come out which leads me to believe they might not be going Um, so it's something we're going to keep an eye on and and sort of see how that goes and and, and try to watch I don't know if you're the LA Galaxy if you feel all that great about Jonathan Dos Santos who has been injured a bazillion times this year who's finally getting healthy and is going to come back and play being ready to go and play for the Mexican national team in two friendlies I don't know that that's that's a great idea Um, but it's kind of left up in the air, Wendy. It's kind of whatever they want to do. It's kind of up to Jonathan Del Santos as well and whether or not he wants to be with Mexico, and if he's healthy, I guess there's no reason not to let him go, but it's a a touchy situation. It's a bad PR situation regardless of kind of what happens.
2: Yeah. No kidding. No, I mean, let's, let's be real. Okay. We'll all be so much better off when the Dos Santos are out of our lives. Like as much as a part of me really would love to keep Jonathan Dos Santos, cause I actually do think he's a really good midfielder. He does distribute the ball really well. He's really, really active. You know, that's really not going to happen because Giovanni Dos Santos is his brother and his father has this concept that they're somehow soccer geniuses. So as soon as these dudes are out of my life and I never have to hear the name Giovanni de Santos again, I will be happy.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. I think the LA Galaxy would like to get their 8 million dollars back that they're currently sinking into salaries and I would expect both of those salaries to increase next year just because that's the nature of the contracts um, that they've been increasing. Um, so we'll see how that ends up going uh, in in terms of uh, of next year and whether or not the LA Galaxy can pull any magic in the offseason and actually offload those guys or if there's I I mean I think there's a very very tiny 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 chance of that happening. I don't want everybody to get excited about it, but
2: I mean I mean just I mean I just like to offer a, you know, legal word here, which is that they could just pay them off on they their could. contracts and dump them, because they, they could pay them off and say, listen, you know, the $8 million we're paying you, we think that we would get it back through by virtue of the fact if we had two other DPs, we would win games and go to the playoffs and win a championship. That is more, worth more than $8 million to this franchise. And we So we could just pay you off and Say goodbye. I'm sure they have some delusional concept in their mind that they're going to be able to get value for these guys if they trade them on the open market. Not realizing that everyone realizes that these guys, Giovanni DeSantos is not a hard worker. He does not play well for teams. I don't even know if he's interested in being a professional athlete. Yeah. So that if I was them, I would say, you know what, that $8 million, we'll probably get back that $8 million in terms of extra money we would bring in through t- ticket sponsorships. Media, press coverage, if we actually won a championship.
1: Yeah, so I, I will point out again that uh, Giovanni Dos Santos has played less than 33% of the total available minutes to the LA Galaxy this year. Jonathan Dos Santos at 52%, Roman Alessandrini at 56%. So just keep those in mind, and it's my favorite stat. And I will continue to say them every single game, every single show I have. I will make sure that I get that <laughs> stat in there uh, just because it was my stat. Um, and Siggy says he doesn't keep stats on those types of things, but I, I keep track for him, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, all right, the LA Galaxy getting ready to take on Real Salt Lake on Saturday, September 1st at Rio Tinto Stadium. This game kicks off at 7 p.m. Pacific time, broadcast on Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes. Uh, RSL is 12th, 10, and 5, 41 points, 4th in the Western Conference, 7th in the Supporter Shield. The LA Galaxy 10, 9, and 8, 38 points, 7th in the Western Conference, 12th in the Supporter Shield. Uh, the last game, RSL went to Colorado, and smacked the Colorado Rapids six to nothing. Uh, that game eventually finished nine v eleven, and that happened actually I think before the end of the first half was what Colorado was down two players in that. So a six nothing win, uh, the Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry that they have uh, went to RSL again. So six nothing win for Colorado uh, or at Colorado for Real Salt Lake just last weekend. The LA Galaxy get an extra day of rest with that one one draw against uh, LAFC on the Friday before that, and so now it's all about RSL. I will tell you right now. Uh, anybody thinking that, and I remember David in his email saying that this is a winnable game. Anybody thinking that this is an easy or winnable game in just on its face hasn't been paying attention to Real Salt Lake lately, Wendy. Uh, Real Salt Lake is 12, 10, and 5, as we said, but their home record is quite ridiculous right now. Uh, they are 9, 1, and 3 at home for 30 points. So all but 11 of their total points have come at home. And by the way, the last time they lost a game at home, was against LAFC in their second game of the season. It was a 5-1 loss versus LAFC on March 10th, 2018, just their second overall game. Since then, Wendy, they are 9-0-3, a 12-game unbeaten streak at home, and they love to take points from people. I mean, if if you're being even a little bit realistic about this game right now, it's that if the Galaxy got a draw, that would be really good in terms of just RSL's home record and what they've done, except that the Galaxy don't need a point. They need three points, and so getting a draw. And quite honestly, less than they need the three points, Wendy. The important thing is to keep RSL from getting any points, because any point they get just solidifies RSL's playoff position. And we already talked about how that's the last playoff position. So RSL is going to be a ridiculously tough game for the LA Galaxy to play, even though they beat them three to nothing last time they faced them at StubHub Center.
2: Yeah, it is kind of a a kind of sort of must win.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a kind of sort of must win, and it's a it's a difficult game. We talk about the altitude. Uh, Chris Pontius was talking about the altitude. He goes, "Hey, listen, it's not as bad as Colorado." Uh, he goes, "But you certainly get more tired than you do in a regular game, and you get it, and it happens earlier." He goes, "So that's something you have to deal with." Uh, RSL has, I think, one of the hardest fields I've ever seen. Uh, the ball bounces ridiculously high, and they keep the grass really short. And they're a small technical team. Uh, Rusnak and Plata and uh, Kralat, uh, Krylik uh Saverino Beckerman uh Sunisad is is there as well I mean they can be Zlatan will have his way with the defenders, and that's where they're going to be able to, you know, sort of shine. And that's what they did in the first game. Really, was uh, the Galaxy held RSL scoreless until just after the 60th minute? Zlatan scored twice in seven minutes or in six minutes, and then uh, Ola Kamara finished it off. So that was your three nothing win. That's what needs to happen in this game again: is that you need to see the LA Galaxy dominating on the offensive side of the ball and keeping things in front of them on the defensive side of things. Um, I, I just, it's a really interesting game. But RSL is playing well. Uh, they're on a two-game win streak right now, um, and I, I really feel like they're going to they're going to put they're going to pose a significant threat to the LA Galaxy because they guess what, Wendy? They also know this game is probably a must-win for them to right. stay in the playoffs as well to really solidify that playoff spot.
2: Yeah, both both teams are probably going to be bringing it in terms of putting everything in the field because. Everyone, at this point in the season, it's where people start clawing at each other for points just to get above that line. And so it's. Uh, it should be actually a good game. I mean, it, in terms of, as I said, watching the LAFC game, the LA Galaxy are really entertaining. I mean, I was saying uh, at the beginning of the game, Uh, to Christian that the Galaxy are going to be kicking themselves at the end of the game for all the chances they're giving up. Because in the first 20 minutes of that game, we squandered, I don't know, five, six chances, just, you know, open misses and things like that. I'm like, oh, we're really going to be kicking ourselves at the end of this game when we walk out with a tie, which is exactly what happened. But You know, it's entertaining.
1: Yeah, and and kicking themselves for, I think, 11 lost points whenever you go back and look from winning positions or from from point-scoring positions. The LA Galaxy have kicked themselves over the year. I mean, you go back and look at how close everything was. With a little bit of luck, the LA Galaxy could realistically have, like, another five points or so. Um, yeah, you know, I th- mean we
2: squandered
1: We squandered so quite a lot this season So many, and, and that's that's really what it comes down to You look over the entire season and what, what has been built up And the fact that they have to push for these last seven games here's the, here's the cool thing I actually think this is cool and interesting And easy to understand If you're the LA Galaxy, your back is up against the wall Every time you go on the field from here on out, it's must win um, you're going to go to Toronto. You got to win there. Uh, you know you're going to go to RSL. You got to win there. Uh, you have Seattle at home. You have to win your home games. I mean, there's no listen. Siggy thinks if they win four or five games out of these seven, which by the way, oh sure, why not just win all seven, Siggy? Um, if you win, you know, four games and get some draws in there, you have a chance. If you start losing any of these games, you, you there's there's almost zero chance for recovery now. Um, so, yeah. so you can't I mean, and if the Galaxy got 21 points out of these last seven games when do they're in the playoffs it's that simple I mean and by the way if the Galaxy go on a seven game winning streak to close out the season uh, then I would say that you know start. you better head to Vegas once they win the sixth one of those <laughs> and put your money down on the Galaxy winning MLS Cup because now you're into a, a role As I've, as I think I joked around on Twitter, I said, if the LA Galaxy get in the playoffs, the way that they're going to have to do it is going to be such a have to play so good over the span of seven games that you can't count them out of an MLS Cup consideration. I know people say, oh, once they get to the playoffs, they won't do anything. Listen, they're going to if they make the playoffs, they're going to have to be on a roll. That roll can carry them right through MLS Cup. You want to see the worst team to ever win MLS Cup? It could be this Galaxy team if they win these next seven games.
2: I mean... Yeah, that's an uplifting idea. I mean, I, I like how you're ending things on a, a really optimistic note.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any chance in heck that's happening. <laughs> I mean, I just like to point that out. I didn't want everybody to get all like warm and fuzzy and think that it was like, hey, no. I mean, the stats <laughs> say it doesn't. I, didn't.
2: I mean, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen, but you know,
1: it's listen. If if you say that, listen,
2: it's frankly, it's mur- frankly, it's miraculous that we have done as well as we have. Given the dead weight we're carrying around with two essentially non-functional DPs, Ramon Alcindrini, a third DP who often has injury problems, frankly, with no really, no DP that has actually really shined for the team. It's amazing that we've gone as, as far as we have.
1: So yeah, Siggy Schmidt, I think would agree with that in terms of you know just how it's been going and how things. I know the expectations went Because is usually DPS
2: cut. carry the team. I mean, DPS they shoulder a huge pers- portion of the weight. And this season, basically, you know, they got the Dosanti, useless. Romano Sandrini, love him, but, love him, but, but he is,
1: but fairly he's, useless right now. Yeah, I mean, no,
2: but he's he's injury prone. He's injury prone, a little injury prone. I mean, think about that. We, if we had functioning DPs, yeah. oh my gosh. No one could stop us. I mean, we would be us in Atlanta, and that's it.
1: Well, and, and Siggy Schmidt hinted as much and said, you know, they have, they have designated player in front of their name for a reason, and whether or not you like Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, and, and clearly I think you know where, where we stand on, on that. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, that right now, if you're in this seventh-game playoff streak or in the seven game push to get to the playoffs, I want Giovanni Dos Santos on the field for every single one of those games, and I want Jonathan Dos Santos on the field for every single one of those games because— But
2: would they be? Will they be? I don't know.
1: I mean, right now I'm not even sure Gio's going to make the RSL game, but I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think that they could be. I think they're getting healthy, quote-unquote, at the right time, although every time I say that, it seems like they get Whatever. injured again. So we'll
2: I, I don't know. They sit, out, they, they sit out games left and right. They sit out wherever they want to. Come uh, on. LA
1: Galaxy versus Real Salt Lake, uh, as close to a must-win as you can possibly get without getting math involved. Uh, LA Galaxy looking for that six-point swing and certainly trying to do something uh, uh, a, a little miraculous, a, a little bit special uh, for the LA Galaxy, trying to win out these last games and put themselves in a playoff position. The, the odds are absolutely against them. Uh, trying to do this you i uh, gave you gave you all the percentages that uh, 538.com has i mean those are listen you can't doubt those guys and their analysis they they're pretty good at this stuff um, so, and I agree with it. Even the eye test to me, Wendy, you look at it and go, yeah, that makes some sense. The, the Galaxy are up against it. So all those things being put in LA Galaxy RSL on Saturday, September 1st. I should tell you that uh, the Angel City Brigade tweeted out and said that over 120 supporters confirmed headed to Real Salt Lake. So travel safe. Uh, Everybody who's traveling to RSL, that's one heck of a bus trip there and back. Um, And drive safe if you're out driving. Uh, Don't take any chances, but enjoy the game at uh, Rio Tinto. Um, And hopefully Galaxy get three points. And uh, we can see, I'll tell you, the intrigue level, Wendy, just ratchets up about a bazillion percent if the Galaxy win against RSL. Um,
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that would really, that would probably make a huge difference.
1: uh, Let's see. We'll see how that goes. Well, let's see. All let's right. see what happens. All right,
2: well, one game at a time, Josh.
1: One game at a time. Let's see how it is. All right, Wendy. Anything else uh, we you want to talk to talk about? Not or are we good? at all. Uh, well, that's that's easy then. Okay, we can do it. All right. Tell people where they can find you.
2: You can find me at corner of the galaxy and American Soccer Now and on Twitter at Bards Blonde.
1: All right. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Guessman J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. And please head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our scarves, uh, all of our, our articles, our news articles, our our everything we put out. Our podcasts, our videos, all that stuff is right there at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Alright, uh, I have my Panda and Pato in the morning t-shirt on. I hope everybody uh, got them and that they're as ugly as you thought they would be because these things are, are just ridiculous. Just so, so ridiculous. Thank you for supporting us with this ridiculousness. All right, uh, for Miss Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on Corner of the Galaxy.com. Everyone have a very, very good one.
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on Corner of the You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for corner of the galaxy and for all of your independent la galaxy news discussion and entertainment including this podcast head on over to corner of the fans thanks for listening we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast we thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again until then i'm michael arajo and on behalf of the entire corner of the galaxy crew goodbye everybody